Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church Audio Podcast. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy. Be encouraged, and God bless. Dear friend, introduce the psalm, present to others. Uh, I think it's been probably two and a half, three years since John's been with us, but uh, he's just an amazing man of God. He's married to a beautiful wife, Robin. And um, yes, let's thank, bless, bless Robin this morning. Thank the Lord for Robin. Thank you for being with us. Are you ready to share the word, brother? Will you please welcome John Madrigos from San Luis Potosí, Mexico, 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 right? Good morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, pastors Huey and Ruth Hudson. And thank you for the Restoration Church. Um, And thank you for the worship team. Oh, my goodness. I just want to, I didn't even want to preach this morning. I wanted to be in the altar and just, just be in his presence. And when you're in his presence, all you feel is, is gratitude. Yes. You're just so grateful yes. for how good he is. Yes. And, I, and it humbles you. Yes. And I'm so, um, I'm so grateful to be able to deliver the, the word of the Lord this morning. It just, as you get older, um, I've been in ministry 37 years. And um, you go through many phases of ministry as, you, as you've ministered for that long. And you get to a place where the ambition of ministry begins to diminish. And you begin to realize how holy it is to, to be able to minister the word of God. To share the scriptures and, and the revelation that God's given us. You know, yes. so it's. It, I feel very moved this morning to be in your presence, the people of God, the people that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Yes, amen. That you have been in His heart before the foundation of the world. Yes. You know, He's known you, and He knows His plans and purposes for you. Yes. So, um, where's that clock? I need that clock. Okay, 9.56, and I go to what time? What did you just say? Okay, well, I, I'm, I'm a man. You have no authority if you're not under authority. So I place myself under the authority of the leadership of this church. All right, open your Bibles, please. If I can get through this message, I feel like an emotional mess. Um, it just, it just. You, sometimes you just want to cry before God and just say, "Lord, yes, come on, I'm just um, overwhelmed by Your goodness." Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Woo! Praise the Lord Jesus. Yes. Thank, you. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad this water's here. <laughs> We're going to be studying out of um, the Gospel of John, chapter one through nineteen. I don't know if they have the. It, it, you know, Pastor asked me. Really, this message is dedicated for the 10 babies. I hear now there are 11 babies that are going to be dedicated in the second service. 
they are absolutely being fruitful and multiplying in this church. Amen. You know, they, they haven't bought any 50-inch TVs or anything like that. It doesn't seem like they're watching TV in this church. <laughs> they're doing other things. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, watch my water. It start, the body starts shaking. Things start moving. At my age, Robin says, something better move, God. <laughs> I can't go there. Praise the Lord. This is not a marriage, and, um, this is not a marriage seminar. All right, John chapter 1, starting in verse 19. I, I, um, this, this message is, um, beware of those that um, bring trinkets. Uh, beware of those that bring trinkets. Verse 19 of John chapter 1, the gospel of John chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? Yes. Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then are you, Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees. God bless your word in yes. Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. I want to talk about identity today. Yes. Because that is probably the most important issue in a human being's life in this modern world. Yes. Yes. Come on, John. Everything about life is, is generated and driven from that one question, who am I? Yes. The problem is that you're going to be pressed upon. People are going to push on you. People are going to demand from you. Yes. And they're going to want to tell you. And they're going to want to question who you are. Yes. And that, that pressure is intense. Yes. And the reason why I was thinking about this is that I remember, especially you young people, on, when you're beginning to develop the concept of who am I? Where do I fit in this world? Where do I belong? Who loves me? I mean, we are driven for a need. And I think it's because we've been created in the image of God yes. to feel loved and significant. Yes. My yes. biggest need in my whole life has always been to be loved. Mm. I want to feel important to someone. Yes. I want to feel significant to yes. someone. Yes. I want to feel like my life is worth something. Yes. You know, you, it's probably one of the 99.9% of the problems in marriages is because we come in with such an intense need to be loved and to be accepted come and to on. feel significant. Yes. And I don't think any human being can fill that That's need. Right. That's right. And then we begin to get mad and punish our spouse and yes. feel ripped off because they're not giving us what only God can give That's us. Right. 
Only can God can define who our identity is. I remember when I was 15 years old and um, I had no father wanting to be loved and I love basketball. I'm from Washington, D.C. You play the rock in Washington, D.C. and you can't play anything else. But I was on the football team, a smallest defensive back in all of the WAC. That's the name, the Washington Catholic Athletic Association and and I remember um, one, of the, one of the small little coaches, he was a wrestler. And this man, I wanted to play basketball after football, and this man won me over with a pin. Mm. He sold insurance. Mm. He sold insurance, and he wanted me to wrestle. I hated wrestling. If you're a wrestler, God bless you, but I hated wrestling. Yeah. Putting on a little funky thing on there and... <laughs> Rubbing on some man, no way. I don't want to do that. That's not where I flow. I wanted to shoot the basket. But because he gave me a pin, I feel obligated to him. Oh, when you're young and you're so hungry for love, you want somebody to embrace you, you'll get some twisted person in your life and you'll do things you don't want to do. You will do things with friends that you don't want to do because you want to be loved and you're hungry to know, who am I? I need an identity. I want to know where I fit in this world. I want to know what my place is. And sometimes your hunger for that is so huge, people will take advantage of you. And you got to come to a place. You got to come to a place where you find that in God. And when you're 61 going on 62 years of age, you begin to realize, I wonder why God, why has this taken me so long to figure it out? Why have I come to a place where I begin to feel comfortable in my own skin? I don't have to prove anybody anything to anybody. I can be free to just love and celebrate the other. When I saw Pastor Huey up here, I just said, man, I love that man. I want him to be successful. I want him to be blessed. I want him to be loved. I want his family just the Holy Spirit poured out. I want this church. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I just want this church to feel the presence of God. I want to be a catalyst for that. John the Baptist understood the pressure. The leadership of all of Jerusalem came on him, jacked him up saying, who are you? Who are you? What do you say about yourself? That is the question we need to answer today. That is driving you today. What you do in this church, how you serve it, how you walk out on those streets, it's all grounded in that one question. Who am I? And let me tell you, people are going to press you. They're going to press you. They're going to demand from you that you give an answer. And if you don't have a sense of who you are in God, they're going to define you. They're going to define you. My God, they're going to define you. It doesn't stay in a vacuum. It doesn't stay. There's all kinds of pressures. One of the interesting pressures was in um, John chapter 3. I'm going to go back to John chapter 1 because there's some beautiful things there I want to show you. But this has been my passion lately. I want people to know who they are in God. And even, I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's the good things in life that will pressure you to be somebody that you might not need be. 
This is the big, I'm going to tell you, this is where I come, I'm from D.C. And, And in D.C., the ethic of life is you better have my back. And one of the biggest issues between Robin and I, I felt like this needed to be in the Bible. If I hate somebody, you got to hate them too. I felt that that needed to be in like John, fourth John chapter one, verse one. I wanted my wife, honey, if I hate somebody, you better hate them. And I don't, I'm not feeling it. You're not hating them enough. And she wouldn't hate him, and I would feel betrayed. So in John chapter 3, I'm telling you, I, I have this need because it's grounded in my insecurity. It's grounded. I want to make sure that I, I, I have this, this desire sometimes to, I want to be that kind of friend. I've, I have an ethic that. I think, fr- I think friendship is measured by when it costs you something. That's right, man. Come on. That's right. It, it costs you something to be somebody's friend. I want, I want to be your friend when it's going to cost me. Well, people are going to challenge me. Um, do, you know, do you know what that person did? I know what that person did, but I'm still his friend. I'm not going to abandon him. Well, I don't know if I can fellowship with you anymore. Well, then that's the way we're going to roll then. I, I, I need, I, and, and I want that, but, but sometimes it's not that healthy for a leader. That's right. It's not. If we go to, if we go to John chapter, chapter 3, and I'll tell you something. It's, it's, it's not the enemies or the people that don't like you. That challenges your identity. It's sometimes the people that are closest to you. In John chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Now John was baptizing in Ainon near Salem, because there was much water there, and and they came and were baptized. For John had yet not been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples... And the Jews about purification. That was a very important dynamic ritual, water purification for the Jews. And John, who had been, historians believed, influenced by the Essenes, by the Qumran community that went out into the desert waiting for the Messiah. And they were involved in a lot of purification rituals. There's this big, big debate going on. And then verse 26, this has always been very interesting to me. What was that? Oh, oh, I was going to say, oh, my goodness. The power of God's coming down on here. <laughs> the thunder and the lightning. Where's the smoke, the glory? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Verse 26. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, now check out how they referred to Jesus. Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you testified, to whom you testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. What's up with him? 
Look, you gave a good word about the brother, and look at him now. He's not even respecting you. And he's baptized, and everybody's going after him. That's not right. John, that's not right. I don't care if he's your boy, but look, that's not right. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Sometimes people that love me will make my head hot. They'll make your head hot. You'll be cruising along. Oh, did you hear what's his, They went to another church. What? All those years of counseling I did for them? You know what? What? They went where? They went to that church? Man, you got to be kidding me. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know what he's saying? What? Oh, no. No, no. I don't want to hear it. Please, no. What? What did he say? What did she say? You know? And it's people that love you will make your head hot. They'll get you smoking. And they think they love you. And you just got to say, wait a minute, my identity, no matter who it is, people that are against me or even people that love me, I've got to ground my relationship in God. I got to know who I am. This is, this is his response. John didn't say, you're right, man. That's not even right. I'm John the Baptist. <laughs> That's my name. He didn't say that. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Man, I stand on what God gives me. I am grateful for what God gives me. I'm not going to be jealous of anybody. I don't want anybody else's ministry. I just want what God, I want what the Father has given me. I will cherish what the Father's given me. I will take care of what the Father. No man can receive anything. That's a man that understands his identity in God. And he says this. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness. As man, I have tried to teach you this. I've tried to explain to you how this works. He says, you yourselves bear witness that I said I am not the Christ. That's a very important thing. You need to understand what you are not. I'm not that. Sometimes, again, people try to press you into something you're not. The needs will try to pressure you into something you are not. You got to know what you're not and embrace what you are. And you got to embrace what God has called you to do. It's okay to say no. And it's okay to say yes. But it's got to be grounded in who you are. And you got to know what you are not. A lot of people try to be what they are not to please people. And you can't do that. It'll embitter your heart. It'll frust you. Eventually you will fail. Because that's not what God has called you to do. You can't look at other people and say, oh, I want to be him so I can have that. You can't do that. The Bible says that your gifts, your gifts will make a way for you. It's your gifts. It's what God has deposited in you. I tell you what, you know what? I, 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 I'm glad I'm not Jack Hayford. First of all, I don't want that big old nose. And I don't want to talk like him. I praise God for his life. 
but I don't want to be that man. I want to be me, right, Robin? You want me to be me, right, baby? You want me to be me. She don't want a La Rouse or a dictionary, right? You want a Latin lover. So I want to be me. Do you understand? I am not the Christ. I am not. I'm not the Savior of the world. That is not what God has called me to be. He says this. I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent. I have a purpose. I have a reason to be. That's what God wants you to have. What is your reason to be? What is your passion? What? Listen, I tell you what. They don't, they don't, they don't offer me no churches anymore because I'm too old. I don't care, man, because I'm blowing it up in Mexico. I'm blowing it up in Mexico. I'm planning churches where the cartels are recruiting their soldiers. And let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The cartels know my name. And you know what they've said? Leave that man alone. Leave that man alone. When you're doing what God is calling you to do, even the cartel leaders say, leave that man alone. Let that man do his thing. I was ministering to a drug dealer that got saved about three months ago. And he says, oh, they know you. Soon as you rolled into town, they know you. They're taking down your tags and everything. They want to know who this dude is. And you know what? They're saying, leave you alone. Praise God, man. These are the cartels. They're not chopping my head off. They're not cooking me no vat of acid. No way. They're saying, leave that man alone. Let him do his ministry. Praise God. God will give you favor even with the cartel leaders. When you are who you are. When you are doing what you're called to do. I've been sent for this purpose. you got to get a hold of who you are. You don't want to be somebody else. You don't have that person's anointing. You need the anointing God got for you. Praise the Lord. I'm ready to give an altar call. Some people here ready to say, hey, I want to know who I am. I want to know who I am. And I want to tell you how you find that out. He said to me, he, verse 29, this is a beautiful, this is a beautiful. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. You know where joy comes? He says, I rejoice greatly. Why? Because I'm doing the thing that makes the bridegroom happy. I'm saying, here she is. Here's the body. Lord, here's your people. And then I feel good. Because the bridegroom is happy. It's all about the bridegroom being happy. It's not about me being happy. My is an afterthought. I flow from that bridegroom being happy. That's where our joy is. When you begin to fulfill what God has called you, like we were singing about him being glorified, that's what brings the joy. I don't want to live for myself. I want the bridegroom to be happy. I want my Savior to be glad. I want him to rejoice over the 
work of his salvation. He's the Savior. Now, I want to quickly let you know how you get there. Let's go back to John chapter 1. Amen. I'm like racing. My heart is going. I don't know if that's the Holy Ghost or all that coffee I drank this morning. But it don't matter. I'm feeling good. Praise the Lord. I love this church. You guys like good preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. And my wife's even giggling. That's good. She says, there you go. You're bragging about yourself. She's, I got, I'm still learning, y'all. Verse 22. They said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? That means people were talking about John the Baptist. And people be talking about you. People be having an opinion about you. People be telling stories about you. People be acting like they know all about you when they hardly even have said hello in their life to you. People always got an opinion about you and about me. And that's what he says there in verse 22. They said, then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? And this is what he says, I am, and he quotes scripture, I am, and then he quotes scripture. The first thing is you got to understand is you got to let the scriptures define who you are. You got to let the word of God define who you are. I believe what the word of God says about me. I love the Proverbs. I'm a man of wisdom. I'm a man that's been called. I let the word of God. That's the first thing he says. He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the, as the prophet Isaiah said. We have to define ourselves by the scriptures. It's not enough just to come on Sunday morning and reading up on this wall. You got to be involved and engaged in the, in the word of God. He will speak to you. We want God to speak to us, but he's going to speak to you. This is the revelation of God. This is pure, and this is great. The second thing, I want to drop down to verse 29. This is the thing that really, really blew me away, and I understood it. We want to be guided and be discerning of what the Holy Spirit does. But I'm going to show you how that works. In verse 29, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, he's going to talk about his ignorance. He's not stupid. He just doesn't know. And he says it twice. I did not know him. There's a lot of things that we don't know. And we want to find out. And God wants to tell us. That's what it means to be guided by the Holy Spirit. But I want to show you the dynamic of how it works. I did not know him. He's going to say this twice. I did not know him. But 
but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing in water. You know, I know my purpose, but I didn't know any of this. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remained on him. So he's aware of what the Holy Spirit is doing. Okay, he's, he's, he's aware. But how did he get that awareness? How did he discern what the Holy Spirit was doing? He says, I did not know him again. There's so much stuff we don't know. But we need to know. We need to know what the Spirit is saying and doing. We need to discern it. He says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending, remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is son of the Son of God. And the Lord showed me that I cannot discern what the Holy Spirit is doing outside of a relationship with my Father. I can only know what the Holy Spirit is doing as I relate. It's the Father that told him, this is what the Holy Spirit is going to do. It's the Father that gave him the... It's you got to relate to the Father in order to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing in our midst. He said it right there. He said it. I did not know him, but he who sent me, the Father, he who sent me to baptize with water, said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit. You can only discern what the Spirit is doing through a relationship with your father, with your dad. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, and, and this is the last story, and then I want to pray for you. I was a missionary in Micronesia. I got saved, and, and I, man, I've always been crazy. So I got saved. If I was going to sin, I was going to sin. I was, I'd be jacking you up. I'd be, manip- I'd be stealing from you. I'd be doing anything I could. To- then I got saved. Now I wasn't crazy anymore in the world. I'm crazy for Jesus. So eight months after I was saved, I'm on the island of Micronesia. But I'm going to tell you something. When a God calls you, he begins to do You think you're called and everything's going to be cool. Everything's going to be great. He begins to deal with you in a deep way. And I realized when I got saved in ministry, I hated folk. I mean, I could hate people. And so I'm living in community, and these fools are using my shampoo without even asking me. And I'm like, you know, I'm single, man. I want to hook up. I want to get married. And Lord had you for me, Robin. That's why they stole that shampoo from me and made me mad. And then I'd go to my leadership asking them for justice. People ripping me off. You need to do something about that. That is unrighteous. You shouldn't let people steal from other folk. And you know what the leaders say to me? John, you are selfish with a capital S. What? They're going to steal from me and I'm selfish. What's wrong with you? What kind of leader are you? Mr. Antichrist. <laughs> and so this stuff is building up in me. This stuff is building up in me. And I'm getting angry and I'm hating my leadership and I don't trust them. And you know what? It, it was grounded in this thing. I didn't trust men. 
I didn't trust. I trusted. I've, I've always had a great relationship with women because I was raised by a single parent mom. But I realized that I saw men like women do. I saw men that would abandon you. That wouldn't care about you. That would hurt you. And so when, when, when I'm dealing with this leadership and it was all male, I realized I had a deep resentment toward men. I didn't trust them. I felt like, yeah, we're going to fight. I wouldn't fight him in physically. I wish I could because I was a bit on the mission field. But in my head, I'd be fighting. In my head, I'd be jacking him up. Boom, boom. Say, what? Come on, man. You don't know who I am. What? What? And then you know how you argue with someone and you always win because your arguments are brilliant. Yeah, that's right. You get down there in that mud because you're stupid, you know, and I be fighting in here. Angry. Don't tell me what to do. Submit. You must be crazy. I, okay, I will do it. But inside. Inside. And they put me up in the, I hate animals. I grew up in apartment buildings. Robin's the one that's those animals, there's a, we, were in, we were in this house one time, this big old cat was in there, and that, I went, hey, and that cat went, hey, and I, whoa, whoa. I said, Robin, there's a cat in there. She goes and grabs that cat, throws him out, and I went, ooh, she's bad. My wife is awesome. But I was afraid of animals, afraid of them. I got bit by a dog. Oh, no, I was afraid of animals, and they put me up on the goat farm with the goats to take care of them. And my job was to sweep the goat poop, pellets, better pellets. I'm not going to use that other word. And you know, when you work with goats, it gets into your skin. It gets into your rope. You stink. Hey, sister, can I sit next to you? Woo, you stink. And they're stealing my shampoo, and I'm dealing with goats. I'm losing, 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 losing. And I hated my leadership. But deep down, it was a problem with men. Because they had abandoned me and my mom. And they were a challenge. They weren't, men weren't to be trusted. And I felt like how some women feel. And it was getting bad. And you're living in community. And I'm telling you, you can't live with that cancer you can't live with that resentment you can't live with it it'll weigh on you it'll destroy you 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 know you're just not right you can't hear God you can't you it's just not right you got to let that go so in the evening service I stood up and I just said I need to ask for forgiveness I've had a resentment towards the leadership and and I, I just I'm just angry and I don't know why I'm so angry and I just felt down. And then somebody, that's when the prophetic word comes. That's when God has a word for you. He loves on you. And it was, my son, my son, I have been waiting all these years for this moment. Because you're not mad at men. You are mad at me. You have blamed me for your abandonment. You are mad at me. And I said, oh, God, forgive me. And until I resolve my issue with God the Father. I would never have, would have resolved my issue with men. Amen. You can't discern what the Holy Spirit is doing unless you are at odds, when you are at odds with the Father. Right. 
you got to be connected with it. We all have deep things in our lives that mark our identity. And God wants to set us free. God loves you. Two things. Take away. Your identity is identified and developed by the word of God through a relationship with your father who will show you how to discern what the Holy Spirit is doing. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. There's so many of us that are struggling. There's people right in here are have that great question. Who am I? Who am I? And Lord, I thank you that you, only you, have the answer to that question and that dilemma. Lord, I thank you for how you take a Hispanic boy raised in D.C., single Hispanic mother, broken and angry and resentful, lost, manipulator, liar, hungry to be loved, insecure, hungry for significance, and you embrace him and make him a missionary to Mexico where the cartel leaders respect him. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for that word, restoration. Lord, I thank you for, God, you're a father that restores us. We've sung about it today. We have felt it today. You have affirmed that reality through your word. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Love you so much. Amen. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week and God bless.